Hello and welcome to the Mindful Man Project. This is where we discuss all the issues and pieces of the puzzle that is mental health. We look at the things in life that get people down or create anxiety in their life and hopefully give some guidance on how to become a modern mindful man or woman. I am your host, Tyson Venables. On today's episode, we have Rich Muir. Rich is a Vedic meditation teacher living up on the New South Wales North Coast. Such an epic dude. I can't wait to get into this conversation with him. He has a lot to say. He has a lot of knowledge and has been through a lot of experiences in his life himself. So it is going to be made into a great conversation and I can't wait to share it all with you. How's things, mate? Yeah, good, man. Yeah, it's, it's a little bit uh, tired today. We had like, the, the winds have just been stuck on that door a bit um, last night, but it's just howling, howling winds. And we're living in a place where it's like heaps of big trees around us, and you could just hear them like, you know, going like crazy. So it's kind of one of those sleeps where you're going, oh, I hope we don't hear a tree fall on the house or the cars and that sort of thing. So, yeah, it's kind yeah. of it's one of those ones where you're like, we had that last night as well, just this oh, howling wind and just yeah. like, we've got a couple near our house and you're like, yeah, the same thing. You're kind of going, what the hell? You're like, he's yeah. kind of sleeping with one eye open, ready for Totally. I was playing that one. I was even dreaming but aware of the the sound and the trees and the wind. And so that kind of really surface level sleep. And then uh, I've been doing some um, rounding every day to some students and stuff. And so I was up really early and doing some rounding and, so, which was great. Beautiful. We cracked on the put on the fire and just did some rounds and stuff. So you, really cool. so you were doing you were doing that like wirelessly with people you've already um you've already yeah done. yeah yeah just on the I didn't like wasn't a big promotion and I was just just sent out to a few like to some of the students so I'm gonna do, I'm gonna do this I'm gonna do like you know Monday to Friday an hour then Saturday two hours Sunday three hours just to build up a little bit nice and, yeah That's man good. yeah it's really good how, how you guys been traveling then. Yeah, we're going pretty well. Um, like the the studio and stuff that we've set up online, the, the Flow State Studios, it's going like we're actually really quite happy with it. Um, the awesome. the membership side of things is continuing to rise, so that's, that's one curve that hasn't been flattened, thank God. Yeah, so yeah, 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 um, yeah, yeah. yeah, it's it's building, and it's one thing that we've always wanted to do. So and yeah, now it's kind of getting into that point where like yeah we've done it now and if we were to stay in melbourne or move on it still continues wherever we go so you still got that platform in the audience and stuff and yeah and just yes. just seeing like you know yourself just like um especially at like at this time you can see like how much people need what you yeah. offer and just um allow and being there for those people has actually been really quite rewarding in that respect yeah no it's uh I'm just getting a glass of water yeah that's awesome man yeah so and how many classes you're doing a lot, lots of classes look like look at a sort of post on facebook the other day and saw the timetable looks like you guys are <laughs> pretty busy we're not we're not uh, we're not quite that's for sure um we've got 22 classes a week um wow that's awesome yeah, 22 classes a week between the yoga fitness and um the the yoga fit yeah yoga and fitness and we're um, doing meditation classes and stuff as well and is that um, just you two doing running all those and yeah, we've just brought on another um we're bringing on another teacher at the moment um yeah, awesome. so she starts on thursday and then yeah. it'll be another yoga teacher who comes on board in the next week 
and then hopefully we kind of start to build our teacher base from there and then um, bringing in different types of people to do lives and stuff like that to our membership. Mm -hmm. So uh, it's not just myself and Emma and that way then we're not rely solely reliant on the two mm. of us doing all the work and obviously then allowing our membership base to be access to multiple different teachers so they've got that um variety as well you know yeah definitely yeah because you probably would get a little bit um even though you probably all love working with the same people occasionally that different flavor yeah absolutely you know, and, just, and everybody's got their own different wisdom and knowledge as mm. well so especially in yoga and stuff like that you um you want to be able to allow people to have that um input from yeah from people and like that way then they can kind of well you know yourself as soon as you start to eye and open your eyes a little bit more hearing different theories and stuff from different people allows you then to draw your own conclusion on what is actually happening for yourself yeah or, or trying to determine <laughs> right yeah well, that's the thing it's like that's the thing like right it's like you you try and determine best your ability rather than being told what to think yeah you're, you're slipping into that sort of situation oh, that, that's that's a funny conversation that one right now isn't it <laughs> told, told what to think and holy crap it's yeah and that's the thing right it's like trying to and having that to who who you have that discussion with is you got to yeah um, you, you choose who you have that a little bit of a yeah um, it's, it's nuts hey it's so yeah. nuts and I, I guess like even for yourself, because like I, I mentioned in my little intro before you jumped on that you're a Vedic meditation teacher. And yeah. for those people who aren't familiar with what Vedic is, do you want to just kind of give a little bit of a, a rundown on, like, I don't know, it's, yeah. pretty, pretty, it's pretty like deep to go into and complex, but... Um, I'm a pretty simple guy, Ty, so I like, like to keep things pretty simple. And um, the, the Vedic meditation i guess dates back to you know indications of like five thousand years um and it's hand in hand with um yoga um and ayurvedic medicine and so it's really back at the root and, and what's amazing is that these ancient masters have known all these amazing things and on how to how to live effortlessly and be more in tune with nature Mm. Um, and I think that's kind of the fundamental aspects of a lot of the wisdom is coming back to that realization that we're nothing but nature. And, yeah. you know, for some reason, like I said, this stuff's been around for thousands and thousands of years, but we still get so trapped in the stories and trapped in the battles and that millions and millions of people have been trying to solve for thousands of years and yet the same stories just still keep circulating and percolating and and uh, which i think is unreal now that we're starting to see especially in the, in the west the, this wider adoption of meditation practices and um yeah. which is epic from schools to you know yeah and i mainstream. think I just yeah even just with what i've done and stuff you you really start to see like um, just even people who have been really quite, I can't meditate type of person, just starting to see different things and they're starting to change and they're actually having these um, realizations and just being able to observe what is actually happening around them. And you go, oh, they've like, that tide is kind of starting to change in certain people. And it's really, it's really magical and like really potent because like once that sort of starts to happen, then 
you're kind of seeing things in a different light. That's for sure. Yeah. And what's really interesting is that if we look at, um, I, I just love looking at like, you know, in those, the, the Vedic traditions and those traditions that, that yoga or as they call the sanas, the postures are, are actually designed to help lead people into meditation. Mm. And, and same as breath. And you look at now yoga has been massive. Like, you know, yoga is like for the last 10 years, like I first sort of walked into a yoga studio probably 26 years ago. And it was definitely, you know, like, the assinuate the, the you know assumption would be that you're going to have your bowl of lentils afterwards as well yeah. whereas now like you know you go to yoga then go get your um cappuccino straight afterwards and stuff it's just widely accepted amongst that, that every street corner and every suburb has a yoga studio and it's awesome it's such a beautiful thing and i love that i look at that now so yoga's been around what you know a long time but the last 20 years 10 years five years is becoming more and more accepted and all of a sudden, here comes meditation. Yeah. Mainstream. So that movement naturally, when we look at that um, synergy of asanas, we do the yoga postures, then meditate. That's always kind of been the, um, what do you call it? The, you know, first one, we do yoga, then we do meditation. And now yeah. all of a sudden, the fact that meditation is, you know, now being widely accepted, it's just a really nice sequence that, that again, we've adopted. And I think the reason for that is that in the west we are again we've always been incredibly focused on the visual how do we look the body movement and it's 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 awesome we need to do that um and that's why i think that had a much more of a because meditation has been around for the same amount of time but i think the the focus on the west with the body just made it much more adaptable to um the western mindset and but now that we're still seeing i always use an analogy that we've got greater access to health and nutrition information than ever before. You know, we know all know we should be, you know, eating good foods and organic foods if possible and lots of good fruit and veg and there's nutritional support everywhere we can look, we can find that information and great practitioners. Then we've also got greater access to movement, like experts like yourself, Tice, that have been doing it for years and working with people on all different levels. And you, there's CrossFit, ParkFit, you know, yoga, Pilates, gyms, you name yeah. it, there's so much there. But yet, despite those two factors, we've got higher rates of anxiety, depression, anxiety, and stress mm. um, than ever before. And stress is still the biggest killer on the planet with cardiovascular disease. So I kind of liken it to that we've been looking after the car really well, and mm. but we forgot about the driver. We just forgot that the, the the guy inside the body is still freaking out. And I'm sure it's the same as you, mate, when yeah. I've taught so many people where that, that they are super fit. You know, they are yoga teachers needing incredibly well but deep below that there's still this really a calling or a yearning for something or a dissatisfaction or dis-ease in general with life and i, I just could put a lot of that down to stress yeah in some kind of way shape from one another um and i think that's where again we've, we took up all these other things and practices but still inside we're not oh there's still this feeling how do i get rid of that and a lot of us might have been trying to do that previously with substances and so on. Yeah. Um, and then even that gets, that's got a tipping point. It's not sustainable anymore. I can't sustain this behavior without it starting to really erode my lifestyle. And therefore we start opening it up. And I think that's what we're seeing with people that go, I can't meditate. 
mine's too busy and we go oh that's just misconceptions welcome to the club you know like everyone's <laughs> exactly. like it's like i've just uh, i've had a, just a mark around t-shirt design made um for one of our little things we're doing at the moment it's like t-shirts i suck at meditation but i'm cool with that you know like, it's <laughs> like who's like we're not meditating to be good meditators so it doesn't matter just just it's all good so so yeah definitely no, there's definitely a beautiful uptake of um of the practice of meditation yeah just, it's been great and like that's the thing is like I, I i did like when i've gone through my own journey and stuff like that and do different different types of meditation breath work and mindfulness and all this kind of stuff and i was always like yeah i can do it but i can't do it and then i've, mm. I've discovered like what um we've, like what i've been taught and it just it was effortless it just became effortless mm. and it was like allowing the thoughts to be there you didn't have to stop them and then like and that's the greatest thing it's just you continually like on that the mantra or whatever you're, you're using is like it just takes you into that night that deeper state of being and it's pretty beautiful once you're in there like and yeah. and not compare it like not comparing one to the next is like what mm-hmm. i've found is really like really great like one could be really quite blissful the next one's really quite noisy and it's just like allowing it to just be what it has what it is and um moving on and just allowing yourself that and that's what like how you said everybody's just in like a lot of people not everybody a lot of people are in that stressed out state that um fight or flight and a lot of people at the moment are in that flight flight or just like freezing because they're just like Mm. i don't know what to do and um super agitated yeah super agitated like there's so much noise going on and it's easy to get drawn into it and Mm. um and i've found like even through coaching and through yoga and stuff like that a lot of people use these places to escape whatever else is happening but then you're also continuing that um that loop of stress because you're still like like you said, like the asana practice is a, play, a practice of unraveling all of the and bringing the body to a point where you can meditate at mm. a point where the, the, the body is now no longer like um, influencing what the mind is doing. So and it's the same thing with people who go to the gym too. Like I've noticed that in CrossFit, like I'll have people that's this is my best part of the day. I've got to escape everything out of there. But it's like, but if you added meditation onto the back end of a CrossFit class or you added meditation onto Mm. the back end of a fitness session, what would that then do for you moving into back into the world or going back into it? And that's what I really said about Mm. trying to educate people was like these things that you're doing is great, but in the same token, are not helping or are helping but not fully getting to that point where you could actually really look like see some more benefit on that de-stressing kind of of the body so it's kind of like we're just i think i think if i interpret that correctly like we're we're replacing one way of living one habit with with uh, with another positive habit yeah we're, we're still kind of not dealing with a lot of the underhanded stuff which isn't living us helping us live as optimally as possible. And, um, you know, it's the one thing I love about the, the Vedas is, is it's all about, cause I, I've, I, my first, when I first went to meditation was, you know, after experiencing 
a lot of the illusion of life that we, you know, we're here, especially in the West, we, we want to succeed and you achieve and yeah. we pursue. And quite young, I was, you know, I guess quite fortunate. Um, I went from being a pretty broke, stoned artist, um, young artist student, to then entering into a, a doing all things what all you know good artists do is then I became a car salesman um, <laughs> <laughs> and within a three in three short years I was actually at 26 um the sales manager of a 40 million dollar Mercedes-Benz dealership and I still I still don't know how I managed to get that so dumbfounded um but I was earning really good money at a quite young age and I was driving around 100 grand company car the Benz company car I lived in Avalon on the northern beaches had a house there with the wife and the two kids and by all accounts you know my income was was you know pretty close to 200 grand and this was about you know 18 years or so ago um how old am I now yeah, about 18 years and um so, so a lot a lot of money and you know it was like I had the house the kids the car the everything but inside was like I can't keep doing this, but this is meant to be the end game. Are you kidding me? Um, and that, you know, which is, I think that illusion of life is, is this. So I obviously I surfed, which was like, it's my way of getting out of it. You know, yeah. my, my gym or whatever it might've been, but they were temporary reprises from life. And then I left the practice, the, 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 um, the dealership and, you know, was, was out to making millions and all that sort of stuff. But then ended up, you know, again, through deep dissatisfaction, I guess there's a part of my psyche. I think it was always a searcher from a very young age that questioning and searching and going, what, what, what are we here for? Like, really, is this all there is? And, and then went to Vipassana. And that was probably about 13 years ago, which was the 10 day noble science retreat, which is a Buddhist form of practice. And that was, that was so cathartic and pivotal for me to really come back to the understanding of, Oh my God, I just had never felt so grounded. So in touch and connected with life. It was so beautiful. It was just illuminating, mm. but it's really, really freaking hard though. Like it's kind of like the mixed martial arts version of meditation. Yeah. <laughs> you're like you're, you're trapped in a cage fight with someone that's an expert and you've got no idea what you're doing and they're just beating <laughs> the crap out of you for 10 days, which is yourself. And, um, but again, it's, it's, it was an amazing process, but the challenge for me with them was you mentioned that meditate for an hour in the morning and an hour at night. So it wasn't sustainable for me in that current state of consciousness that I was in. And, Whereas, so I spent many years backwards and forwards and not like, as you said, mentioned before, twice, like trying different things to try and find how can I live happily in this life and without trying to get out of it again, that constant way of moving from one thing to the next and, um, you know, or, or projecting of oh, tomorrow will be great because I'm doing this rather than being in the moment. And, and when I get home tonight, I'll be good. And then when I'm at home tonight, it'll be great when the show comes on at 8.30, that constant projection rather than being in the present moment. Yeah. And the Vedic philosophy, when I, when I first came to the Vedas was after many years and, and uh, three visits to Vipassana and lots of different techniques. Um, I was going to go back from a fourth visit to the Vipassana because I thought I needed, I knew I needed a practice in my life just for my personality, my psyche, it was just, it was pretty, it was very bleak without it. It was like, life just sucks. And even though I had a beautiful, like on the outside, you know, a wonderful life, but inside I was just, you know, I, there'd, be, there'd be periods where I was like, I'd rather not be here. Um, I don't see the point, you know, and this is the, the voices running through the head going, what the heck, you know, and thinking all these sort of thoughts. So I ended up meeting a friend that told me to go to Vedic and started sort of tapping into the practice and straight away was like, um, you know, I just felt that groundedness again, like I had from Vipassana. Um, and you know, cause there's lots of beautiful techniques, but some were just, they didn't feel as substantial as Vipassana, but Vipassana was too hard, but as Vedic, it was like, wow, I get it. And the beautiful thing about the Vedic philosophy is it's designed in, it was about living 
by the household technique. So householders like you and I, we work, we have kids and so on. So not, not monastic, like a Buddhist practice, like the Vipassana, which is like more of a monastic practice where we can go and spend eight hours a day trying to force the mind inwards. Like we've got 20 minutes, man, because we're here to live. We're here to be active. We're here to make the most of every opportunity. So when we're doing these activities like CrossFit and gym, yeah, we're feeling great in that moment because we kind of might get into a flow state where we just, the brain just backs off for a little while that, the program of running rich just has a little bit of a break, um, but the body's still really active. Yeah. So we could, then we then we stop that. And we get back to projecting forward. Tomorrow will be really good, or I can't wait to the next gym session. But we've got this insatiable fire that we're never quite pleased at the moment unless we're doing something like gym. And then when mm-hmm. we're not at gym, it's like well that sets up that oh, I can't wait to get back there. And and as a surfer, it's just like you know you're forever in that state you know like you get you know ah oh, what's the wind's doing and you're constantly projecting yeah. and so on so i think what meditation really delivered to me was that life is here and now there's nowhere else i can never be and by you know even that projection of the future it just creates suffering mm. and some kind of misery because we're looking forward to something or we're flashing back to the past and so it's constantly attached like most of us attached to these ideas which are just constructions in the mind and that meditation just brought me more into the contact with you know the underlying being what you might call that field of being whereas like you can be you bring your awareness into wow i can feel the sun on my skin and okay right now i've just done crossfit that was great now i've just done meditation that's great now i'm just with my family that's great and i'm cooking and as i'm cooking my hands just i'm just totally in that space of cooking yeah. and i think it just lets us be aware and look that's not to say that we never have that thought like you know that's that's the illusion and that's one thing i used to think that that great teachers and great these these other great teachers like buddha or jesus or these sort of amazing human beings that apparently brought the earth before us they mustn't have had thoughts like i do you know they must have been superhuman but and you have a look at all those guys and all girls and they're all having fun yeah at, so you, you have and you come across like, any of the, the greatest teachers and they're just like these children inside who are just enjoying that moment and you have a look and you know yourself you're a father and you've got kids and then when even when they were small like they they, they were over the stick and the stick was whatever they choose to make it yeah and they were having fun in that moment and I, I liken meditations teaching art like an adult, how to find that almost find that inner child to then enjoy that moment where you are right now like yeah like you said like the chopping of the carrot or whatever it is it's like i'm actually enjoying and appreciating and appreciative of this moment right now rather than worrying three like three weeks down the track what i have to do three weeks down the track not to say that you don't have to worry about that but Mm. you don't you don't have to worry about you might have to think about it but Yeah. (laughs) yeah exactly yeah and I think I was, I was um, and it's even that concept of when we are cutting the carrot, all the time we might be cutting the carrot to enjoy the meal mm. rather than just, you know, every step of the way, we're just immersed in that moment. Um, you know, so definitely I think if, if you tack on a practice to the end of any of those sort of techniques or in any, any way of life, you know, it, it's, I, I think the, uh, the great illusion that I really had to work through for a long time in meditation is that life still happens. You know, we still have challenges. We still have, you know, things like, you know, I, I see brilliant meditators that, that have been meditating for 30, 40 years that go through divorce or that, yeah. 
that, that, that we're still experiencing these all these beautiful notes on the keyboard of life. Um, but I think also what it empowers us to do, and even from a scientific perspective, is that it just gives us greater access to our nervous system, the tools within this, these amazing bodies that we've inherited, right? Like um, the human brain is, is incredible. And yeah. when we start to meditate, scientifically it shows that we can increase what they call brain coherence and so we get greater access to the right hand side of the right hemisphere of the brain the, the creative thinking the present moment awareness as well as engaging with the critical thinking the left hemisphere of the brain so when we're in situations from working to life to love to whatever um we just increase our ability okay what do i need what tool set do i need here like um so you, you know, you know, my dad, um, he had this, I always use this metaphor. He had, um, he'd walk into his garage and he had like tools yeah. and every tool had a diagram. Yeah, I, remember the, I remember, I remember the, <laughs> cut, the cutout on it. Yeah. Right, so every, every tool had its place. And he was the type of guy that if you needed a tool only ever once, he'd go and buy it because he just hated borrowing things. So his toolkit was amazing. My toolkit's like a little Kmart black <laughs> box. And it's got a, a screwdriver and, a, and maybe some pliers. I really don't know. And, and I'm about to build a house soon. And um, so if that's all I had, it'd take me a very long time and be pretty bad, right? You know, I'd be, I'd be trying to fix problems with a screwdriver that needed a hammer. <laughs> and, you know, what I mean? but I, I use that as a metaphor a lot because we're defaulting constantly to our old patterns and our brain just accesses the old information. And this is how I'd get through stuff. I might use anger as a solution to this problem. Ah, oh God. Ah. And, and even though it's like, well, there's nothing to really angry about, but that's the only tool I've got in my toolkit. Whereas when we start to meditate, it just seems to open up more channels in the brain to go, okay, I used to just use anger to solve that problem. Right now, my little kids just dropped a bowl of porridge on the floor. And if I get angry, realistically, it's just going to freak him out and probably do him long-term you know, damage um, or make him think that's how he acts as well. Instead of it, maybe I just need to have a bit of compassion and understanding it was just an accident. So I think meditation also opens us up that ability to go, okay, what's the situation, the present moment, and how do I best how am I best to fulfill my obligations as a human being in this with the outcomes that I want? Okay. I want my child to feel loved and connected and, and okay. If stuff goes wrong rather than yell at little Tommy, you idiot, drop the pile of porridge on the floor. We're going to be late for school. It's like, no big deal, man. It's okay. Yeah. What happens? Um, so I really think that when we tack these on, these practices on to whatever we currently do, we just find it increases our tool set that to deal with all the stuff and all the challenges in life that we're always going to, be confronted by and i think the beautiful thing about COVID is that it has really highlighted that we have no control um, of anything outside of ourselves and that's where also i think the whole buddhist thing of you know non-attachment to what's going on around us and so on again that's a massive vehicle for to create instability and whereas again that's that what stability is again i think one of the full power aspects of meditation because there's always these tides and we're always pushed and pulled by life COVID's just been like a monsoonal king tide with like full moons and everything yeah. and, and it's swept us all out to sea and about to bring us back and drop us back on land yet and if you don't have inner stability you're freaking out you know you, unless you've got your job and everything else is okay but for those that are in that vulnerable state our emotions just get swept up in that and you know, whereas we start to have these practices, we start to create that inner stability where it's like, okay, cool. It's, you know, I, I, I can deal with it. 
and what tool do I need? Again, because stress right now, it's the worst thing in the world people get, you know, should be falling back on because again, scientifically, we lose access to the prefrontal cortexes, which is the executive command center. And so we can't even think critically. We can't even think our way out of the situation. So I think well, it gives it, us a lot. It decreases and it decreases your immune system. Totally. So you yeah. get stressed out, you get this cold that could potentially like be life-threatening and it's like, rather than being in this heightened state of like stress, like, yeah, the, the meditation, like you then come back under control with your prefrontal cortex, you lower the stress levels, you lower cortisol, your immune system can then flourish and work at, at its peak. And it's just like, it's just this cycle that if you had it under control, if it was under control, you can then move through this time a little less like, a ship at in a monsoon rather than just a ship kind of bobbing on the ocean. Yeah, yeah, totally. And look, this, I think we've all, you know, we're all experiencing some kind of maybe potentially call it agitation and, you know, which is natural. And, and especially you, you walk in the shops and you feel everyone's in that state, you know, it's, yeah. and, and as a collective, there's a, there's that definite, um, you know, definite agitation then. Yeah, so, so I think you're totally spot on, Tice, as well, the whole immune factor and all that sort of stuff. There's just, it just seems to be that meditation just gives us, it would it, it, it almost sound too good to be true. Yeah. You know, it, it, when you sit there and you go, I've got an issue of this, 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 and this, this, and this, and this, and this, and you say, hey, meditation. It's like, yeah, right, sure, come on, man. Like, it can't do all of that. I think the reason it can is because stress is probably at the root cause of a lot of those other issues yeah. because it's suppressing our immune system and it's doing all these other things. It's just, you know, decreasing our ability for creative thinking and intelligence. So when we start to, I liken stress to like a strangle fig and it's, you know, the strangle figs, so there's little, they, just, there's a beautiful tree and there's a little parasympathetic growth that grows at the root of the tree yeah. and starts to encase its way around that tree. And it looks, oh my God, that's so beautiful. Look at this vine growing around the tree. And over time, you can't see, oh, is there two trees in there? Is there one? They become so co-dependent, um, or, or should I say, that the, the strangle fig actually starts to take all the vital nutrients out of that tree. So it compresses it. And, and over time, if that strangle fig's not removed, that tree cannot fruit flower or flourish. Yeah. Possible, because all those nutrients are supporting stress and supporting the strangle fig. And unless that, uh, the strangle fig is removed, that tree will die. And it's exactly what I like in distress being to the human nervous system, that it just starts to creep up on us. And like, cause we look at us as I mentioned before, we're like little babies, they just got a stick and they're running around, like little kids running around playing Star Wars with this stick and they're so consumed in this beautiful world. And they're not carrying the story of stress with them. But then as we start to move older and older, that little, we get maybe a story, maybe we got smacked by dad and maybe this happened. We got bullied at school and all these sort of little stresses start to work its way in and just start to encase us. And all of a sudden our stories are just so wrapped up in this backlog of stuff. And, and again, that's why cardiovascular disease is the biggest kill on the planet. It's a stress related illness. We store all this stuff within our nervous system and it just compresses us, that continually firing of that stress response, that cortisol, adrenaline, noradrenaline, um, which is an amazing thing because we, we do need it. Oh, well, it's the same thing in pneumonia as well. Pneumonia, like when you've got you're in a deep state of anxiety, your lungs aren't working at their full mm. capacity. They're not fully opening and they're not fully contracting with each breath. 
So what happens? They, they deflate, they become inactive at the lowest part, and then that's when stuff starts to pull and like the, the prana, the life energy isn't flowing freely through your body. And then how does a, a, like a, a pneumothorax kind of happen? You, you don't work like, and that's why, yeah. So if anxiety and depression is the same thing as like a stressor on the body, yeah. So it's just, yeah, it's just, it's when you're actually able to take the mind out of that stress state, depressed or anxious, it, the whole body flourishes. Mm. And again, that's why I said you just got to remove that aspect, which is the stress. And, and how do you do that? Well, meditation, deep rest is, is, um, you know, and, and a lot of people say, and I'm sure you probably get this a lot as well, Ty's like, you know, oh, yoga is my meditation. Um, walking is my meditation. Cooking is my meditation. Art for me or music is my meditation or surfing. It's like, no, they're wonderful. They're really beautiful things, um, but they're really different. And the, the reason I think that meditation is so powerful to, again, remove that strangler fig and that those components of stress is because it drops that body into that deep, deep state of rest which we're not getting when we're running or yoga or painting or surfing because there's action in the body. Mm. And whereas, and I think that's the big illusion of meditation is, is, is often referred to, it's a physiological state, not a mental state. So when people say, I can't meditate, so that's because you think you have to go somewhere mentally or experiencing something, but you're just dropping your body into a deep state of rest. Mm. And, and as a byproduct of that, you get like this huge host of benefits. So um, yeah, it, it, it is a, it is a crazy I say it's not a magic bullet, but it's magic. Yeah. And, but you have to do the work. And like, just even coming back to your dad, like just even thinking of like the benefits that that man no. would have like had from, like he was a stress quite, he was always quite totally. heightened. And just to think that like the, the power of like what we've unlocked through the mm. power of meditation could have, and like that's a shoulda, woulda, coulda kind of situation. But um, that's I think that's also another reason why I, on my path, is seeing the effects of stress on myself but even on other people who I have loved throughout my life who have like not or, or, that, or still under that um, power of stress mm. and trying to help those people see the benefit and um then being able to benefit from like we we probably sound like we're the biggest salesman right now of meditation but you like it, 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 i don't think that there's anything better right now that could actually no. really help most people like and that's a big claim and i'd probably really i'd be willing to stay at stand by it other than fitness and yoga as well but at the end of the day, like if you, the, I've always had this saying, the the body won't go where the mind won't, where the mind's not. So if the mind's not there, you can push it as hard as it want. Yeah. The, body, the body is where it wants to go. You can feed it all you want to feed it, but if the mind isn't there, everything else isn't going to work like long term anyway. And that, and that's just simple science. And again, as I said, you look around, people are eating better, doing more, but still, why are these things at epidemic levels? And, and what's fascinating, Tosi, is even the hard thing is, is when people are in super stressed out state, unless they're kind of open to the ideas that they just can, they lose that critical thinking component. Um, but just even on, on, on dad and you know, the, you know, he, he, as you know, he died of a brain tumor 
and but he'd sit there every night. He'd have his beers and his wine as his relaxant to try and stop. And then that'd stop the tide for a little while and he'd have a laugh. But he could, then he'd sit there on the couch and he'd just be rubbing his forehead every night like this. And you could almost feel it just emanating off him. It was like, dude, why are you stressed? Oh, you know, and funny enough, I have a brain tumor. You know, that mm. pressure. That yeah. pressure, that stress, that constant stress. Um, you know, I'm making a bit of a, a reach there that, that, there's, that there's a correlation between that and, and stress in his diet. Um, but, you know, it, it's, I think it's a relatively safe one to assume that stress definitely played a huge component on that for him. Um, you know, and as you said, it, it is one of those things where, you know, it's funny, like I don't talk a lot about meditation because I know that some people like, if there's worthy inquiry, I'll chat about it, but it, it is, it is so important that people have a vehicle to release stress. Um, you know, as you look at all, what all the government's doing right now for COVID, which is great. We, we've certainly seen to have done some amazing things and stopped, you know, the curve, whatever it is. And yeah, but if, you know, what about stress? You know, as I said, it's the biggest freaking kill on the planet. You know, it, it's killing us, you know, tenfold, a hundredfold over, over this. And you don't see much going on on the um, mainstream media about how to, you know how to get rid of that or how well, to at least reduce it and that's that thing it's the classic thing that's my biggest one of my biggest passion um things it's like everybody's about treating the um the symptoms rather than treating the cause yeah and so it's yeah. like the same as heart disease the same as like brain cancer the same as anything if you were to treat the cause you would probably wipe out half of these symptoms that are occurring post fact so it's like we're yeah. all trying to treat what could potentially happen or we're treating the symptoms of stuff rather than looking at what is actually occurring prior to that and why has it occurred and then okay look like why don't we implement it but again i don't know we could go down and we could don't yeah. go down a, we could go down a wormhole here with like um money um, but yeah, we'll just leave it with that. Yeah, definitely. It's a very hard industry to monetize. Well, I think it's most diseases are self-limiting. So if they, if you gave the body the right environment, it's a, again, we've got a supercomputer in here. Like, you know, they tell us we've got the smartest computer on the planet mm-hmm. that knows how to sort some stuff out, given the right environment and, you know, stressing that environment is, is certainly the, the damage done there. But, um, but yeah, no, no, it is one of those funny things where, you know, I love the fact that it is becoming more and more, you know, when I first, I remember when I first went to start meditating, um, when I came back from Vipassana, everyone was like, you know, have you changed your name? <laughs> I actually, I actually made it, it was actually mum's birthday or one of, someone's birthday and we turned up and I turned up and I hadn't, I purposely hadn't shaved for like, you know, four weeks. And it was a little, you know, thing. And I came in and hadn't seen mum and that for a while and the friends and I, I stood up and said, oh, look, I've got a confession to make. Um, I've actually changed my name and was talking really quietly and you know, they're all freaking out going, is he for real? And I, this, I, thought I, was real. I said, no, man, I'm kidding, man. I just learned how to meditate. Um, it, so there, there's that misconception and there is still a little bit of that. Like I teach a lot of older guys, um, especially from that 50 to 60 year old bracket. Yeah. And they talk to their friends, they're going through some hard shit and their friends kind of still pull out the, well, oh, you're not going to wear robes, are you, mate? So... <laughs> And unfortunately, it, it does. It, it's it's not. I don't think it's cool. I kind of laugh about it, but the there, there's a real issue there that, especially with men, yeah, um, absolutely, ha- having that openness to be able to go, 
be supportive at least, man. And if your friend's trying something, obviously there's there's an underlying cause there that they're trying to find a solution. But you know, I, I, I said a lot of them they, they they tell me I can't talk to my friends about this, I can't talk to them, and and that just forces us as males to retract. To yeah, well, I've deep. had the same. I've had the same instance, right? Like the mm-hmm. more I've done, the more journey I've gone on, the more the male side of my friendship group is kind of like either retracted or I've retracted from it because you kind mm. of get that pushback off them. You're like, oh, you're like all spiritual, like you said. Like, and it's like, well, I'm going on my own journey. If you can come with me, if you want, or, or support yeah. me, or I'll just, I'll just keep moving. And yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, and I, I, I think that's one of the things, that's one of the what's reason why I really kind of started the Mindful Man project is breaking down those barriers and the walls and the stigmas behind men succeeding in their life through this practice of yoga, meditation, fitness, whatever it is, or even in just in business and working really well. And like you said, like having that support network of male men, men, mm. but even women, like the women are always going to get behind your back 100%. Like you, you tell them that. And that's, I think that's coming into like more of a feminism talk in men, men finding their feminist side uh, and you don't have to be a girl painting. You don't have to be painting your nails and wearing tutus and stuff. But it's finding that softer side. If you want, though. Yeah, absolutely. You can do whatever <laughs> you want. Right <laughs> uh, it's so. It's it is such an interesting thing that whole um whole concept. And I think I think men still get stuck on those old archetypes. And and you know, we had a in our genetics types, we had probably the epitome of the male yang. You know. <laughs> Dad, if we, I was just laughing before thinking, God, imagine if we tried to get dad to meditate, maybe he might have as he, as he got older, but, um, you know, I don't think he was quite ready for that, but you know, it's, it's, it's interesting. And I'll share a quick story that, that, that might resonate a little bit, especially on the man. Cause when I left the Ben's dealership, I was going to go out and write a book on the secret to success, you know, and go and interview all these, a lot of the people on you in that network that were, they were again at the top, top of life western world game of success and achievement and you know which was great because I, I lived in avalon so palm beach and all those super affluent areas i was dealing with a lot of who's who and um the first guy i went and interviewed was he funnily enough we went and interviewed him on his yacht and he's this retired guy had the pet mansion had the cars had all this sort of stuff and just you know asked him so what's the secret of success you know and what advice would you give to yourself if you're a 20 and all those sort of you know funny questions which i was eager to learn and to become a part of and but he had black dog depression he'd retired his whole world was built out there so again that whole vedic wisdom of we live 200 percent, we live 100 percent within 100 percent out there he lived and attached everything to that external domain and as a result of that, when that domain sort of was no longer there or he's no longer in that role as the CEO of this and that, but inside he's like, well, who am I? I've got no one like rushing to me every day and I don't have any problems I'm solving. And, and he was, was deeply unhappy, deeply unhappy. And yet had everything, had all those external benchmarks. And, but still I was like, great, 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 because I'm good info there. I want to go and keep following this path and you know, <laughs> racing full steam ahead. And then the second guy I interviewed was, I'll go out on a limb here and say probably the wealthiest guy I'd ever met. And he would have been about my age now, 45. And he'd take 
a month and go and go traveling through the desert with his family, doing all this cool stuff, just this amazing stuff. And I was like, dude, what do you, and he had this presence, this super calm presence. And he was never really into talking about himself. And there's this, this emanated a kind of a quiet power. And I went and interviewed him at a food court in a shopping mall, like, you know, one of those sort of places where everyone's sitting around eating burgers and, and, you know, there's plastic tables and I'm sitting in a table there and, and this, it got, this got pretty esoteric. It was almost like one of those weird moments in my life. And, and fortunately, I had had pretty trippy experiences before that due to my past as a young art student. And I was sitting there and I started asking him all these questions and going, you know, so what, what, what's the secret to success and what advice would you have given to yourself if you were younger and blah, 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 blah. And then he just stopped and looked at me and goes, this isn't what you want. And I'm going, nah, dude, pretty sure it is. <laughs> like, it's like... It's easy for you to sit on the other side of the table and tell me that sort of stuff. This is, you know, I'm after this whole success thing and I want all what you've got, you know, and he's just kind of, it's not what you're after. And I was like, all oh, right, okay, cool. And then he goes, give me your hands. And I'm going, WTF? Sitting in opposite him and Mary's like, are you going to give me a hundred dollar bills or what? what I was but he's sitting there with his arms up like this on a 45 degree angle opposite me and asking to hold my hands. And I'm just sitting there freaking out going, Oh my God, like here's this mid 40 middle-aged guy and this young 30 year old guy. And we're going to be holding hands in this food court. you know. <laughs> so I end up, I give, I gave him my hands and then I'm just going, Holy crap. And then he goes, now close your eyes. <laughs> I'm just going, you kidding me. I'm not, certainly not after that. That's for sure. That's what you <laughs> and it was bizarre, right? You know, but my internal dialogue was, and I'm, I've always been quite empathetic and, you know, self-conscious and all those sort of, you know, thoughts, processes. I was never one of those super extroverted personalities that didn't give a crap about anything. And anyway, my thoughts, oh my God, this just must look so weird. And all, all these thoughts about two guys holding hands with their eyes closed in a food court. But all of a sudden, everything just went super quiet. And in my mind, I was all of a sudden just transported to looking out over this, from the top of this hill, out over this valley and this vista. And it was just like light, blinding, beautiful golden light. And I felt this feeling of unboundedness, this amazing feeling of just love, peace. And there's no thought. It was just, it was just pure and utter existence in this really loved state. And I don't know how he did it or what he did, or I still can't really remember anything after that. I don't know how long it was going on for. Um, but he kind of like definitely shifted some gears in there. It's like, Holy yeah, wow. but he, the whole premise for that was what you want is a feeling. Yeah. And you want to be present in that feeling because you can have like, and, and this is what I love about it. It took me a long time to really come back to this learning. It was like, Oh wow. He was talking about the Vedic philosophy of live 200%. Yeah. The first guy I interviewed, he was living 100% out there, nothing inside, dead inside and crying. Whereas this guy lived 200%. He lived fully inside and he had everything, but it wouldn't have mattered. He could have been driving a crappy car and he wouldn't have cared. Um, and it was so, so powerful. And that took me a long time to really come back to that learning of thing. And I think from a male perspective that I was after achievement and not just males, I'm sure there's, there's plenty of females like that as well, but I thought I needed all these external benchmarks and goals to hit and, you know, I had a competition with my friends who's going to be the first millionaire and all this sort of stuff. And, and, you know, it did, I did, did carry on that path for a little while after that meeting. And I said, I forgot it for a long time. And, but then just coming back to that principle of 
you know, and I think this ties into the whole Buddhist philosophy of non-attachment. I misconstrued that for a long time. I thought it means don't have anything. You know, just get, you know, you can sit there eating a bowl of brown rice, but meanwhile, there's all these beautiful harvest of mangoes and banana. I'm just having my brown rice, you know, I'm okay. Um, and then when we came back to that understanding of living fully in the present and that life has all these beautiful gifts that, you know, if I have a million dollars and I want to go and experience a beautiful car, well, wouldn't I? That's the pinnacle of mankind's craftsmanship in the motor vehicle. Why wouldn't yeah. I experience that? But if I don't have it, I'm not attached to it. Yeah. Uh, and that was so powerful for me to finally come back to revisit that that lesson that Lauren was sharing with me. That um, that second guy I interviewed, uh, and finally I, I stopped interviewing people after that. <laughs> Thought, okay, I'm done, man. Like, um, the, the, I'm just chasing this invisible thing. I was chasing these external benchmarks, but to come back to that place of to full happiness and it was only through meditation and again i forgot all that lessons i forgot all about that and it took me probably another six seven eight years of then practice and then all of a sudden just came back to that feeling one day i was just like oh my god and just that's exactly what somehow what he tripped my circuit on and um stuff so but there's a bit of a so is the book is the book still getting written but it might have like a bit of a tangent now or a bit different, of a different ending. different ending <laughs> yeah. secrets to the, success this the is the secret yeah don't worry about anything it yeah. could, could be a good read actually look mate like I've, I've actually i did start writing that story out i just woke up one morning about 3 a.m couldn't sleep and i went back and thought, i've got to write all that down like, that was so crazy so crazy um you know but but again just one of those really cool gifts that that somehow it's crept its plan to my life. I think think maybe I planted all these little reminders along the way just to say, don't get distracted, man. Now, don't wait till you're sick. Like, Dad, like, he was going to retire the year before he died and yeah. the year after he died, should I say. And, you know, putting off all those things, putting off, you know, living happily and doing things that, you know, make us feel good. And, you know, I think that using those internal feelings, if we are feeling off, Meditation, I think, can help us start quiet and that to then use that little compass to go, well, who and who do I want to be and what do I want to be? So I think that's another benefit that meditation gives us is the ability to come back to center and then from there start to act from that place and, you know, which will enrich in our lives a little bit deeper than just living superficially. Absolutely. I think like, um, and it's good because it, these little pieces and these little time markers in time throughout your own timeline, um, once you become more aware of what's happened in the past, if that those little markers kind of start to come back up, you're like, do I really want to step back into this? Is this like charm? Mm. Am I going in the right direction or am I moving back in that cycle and then am I seeing it again? And it really allows you to break those patterns and continue to move with charm like with charm and keep moving with that path of least resistance and yeah um that's definitely what it's, it's helped me as well it's like is you, you hear those people who oh my god this keeps happening to me like oh we used to be that person like i was like oh my god my business is failing at, at the moment blah 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 and then it'll be going great but then it comes back around and i was like well until i started really working on like the mindset sort of things and listening to what was actually coming on in my head and what I was telling myself of just before that complete like obliteration or like self-sabotage or whatever it was, it was like, okay, cool. Like that is what is now triggering. And I was actually able to become more in control of my deeper thoughts, like the subconscious thoughts that were putting me in that position. And 
now it's like, yeah, it, it just, I think it just starts to snowball and you, mm. no matter what kind of comes up at you, you still have your, your roadblocks and you still have those potholes in the road that, but they don't sound like, a, they're not as, uh, like, like to use the analogy, like with the car that has no suspension compared to a car mm. that will just got air ride suspension that goes over the top of it. It's like, you might with meditation you might drive over that pot without meditation drive over that pot on it and keep driving yeah or you might get that and keep moving through it and um yeah it's like it's like as a surfer you know like it's it's if you if you don't know how to duck dive um it's going to be a bit of a hard slog to try and get out the back you're going to get smashed back in the shore you'll eventually get out the back but you're going to be exhausted yeah yeah you know when you learn to duck dive which for those that don't surf it's when you paddle and duck dive under the oncoming wave and you can slip under it rather than getting pushed back to shore constantly and pushed back to shore yeah i think we surfed once i think we surfed once when i was a kid and um terrible was it yeah i think terrible evoca and i was getting hammered it was a a decent surf and i was getting hammered and you're like open your eyes when you go under the water and just pick your, pick your way through the thing. And I was just like, and it was the one thing that's like stuck with yeah, me throughout so my cool. entire surfing like career, I guess you could call it my yeah. surfing. That's not so much a career. It's a hack, but yeah. Um, yeah, but just diving under and then looking under, and it's so beautiful under there as well. As yeah. soon as you open your eyes, you're like, you can actually just pick your way through rather than going through it and getting an absolute nail. And that's the same as meditation. That's so cool. You're that, um, I shared that because I remember the first time I did I used to do the same thing. And then I had a friend go, dude, like, open your eyes, man. And go, really? You open your eyes under there? It's like, yeah. Okay, cool. <laughs> you know, it makes sense. And, but I think meditation is exactly like you said, like, like the suspension. It's the same thing as the diving under the waves. Like we still go through those same, like, same things, but they just don't drag us backwards and, you know, waste a lot of energy. I was reading a fascinating thing the other day, or, and it, it came up several times actually that, um, I think Tom Knowles mentioned it as well that, that you probably know through the Vedic community. And um, there was a scientist, what was his name? That um, Sir John Eccles. And they were talking about, because you know, there's that concept that we're only using about 3% of our brain or 7% of our brain. And then through some of the stuff I was reading recently, it's like, no, we're using 100% of our brain, but <laughs> running old programs, running us. And as you said, defaulting back to these old patterns. And that takes up so much energy that our brains are stuck on that. So, so when it comes to seeing those potholes ahead, we're just defaulting straight over them, getting bang, 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 and we don't get to use that innate wisdom and intelligence that we've all got access to. And they said he was saying that 97% of the brain function is a lot of time dealing with stress components. It's just shutting down so much, but it has having to do all that work. Um, so when we can start to alleviate that, we just get access to that whole computer system and can come back to that analogy of the dad in the toolkit you know there's me and my little black box versus what i need right now and um, one of the analogy that i like to use as well is like you know those old windows computers where you had to run a defrag after you'd opened up a yeah. bunch of um suspect files after an afternoon on, on the internet and then you run a defrag and then all of a sudden you see all the puzzles pieces like going back into where they have to go because like your computer completely slowed down to a point where it was wasn't going to operate and i, I think of that that's the that's the mind if you're just overloading everything burn, 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 cramming 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 it needs a place to defrag it needs a place really- to just resort reshuffle everything back out so the 
those programs run optimally so you're not getting slowed down and you can continue to move forward. Yeah, it's crazy, isn't it? Like you think, and, and we, this is running from the moment we wake up, we hit play. It's like, okay, I'm playing rich now. And we go to bed and that brain, those thoughts, it's just supporting it all day long. It's well, yeah, and you think about even just even in sleep, like you have a certain amount of time where you're in deep REM sleep, where you're in that deep breath. Yeah and everything else up until that point and then just after it before you when you start to come out of deep REM and your brain is already firing up ready to go for the day there's not a point there's not a, a lot of time throughout your day if you're not meditating you're maybe got two or three hours of deep REM sleep if you're a good sleeper yeah and then that's the other thing meditation obviously helps better sleep mm. Yeah, it's it's it's, a, it's a magic. It's magic when you do it. It's kind of inflated crazy stuff, but um, it's a big program to run. You know, like to, to run out, run ourselves, and run our stories, and run our backlog. And and I also, you know, that that concept of meditation being a twice a day, twenty minute holiday from my own stuff. Yeah, <laughs> well, it's, it's great. It's good I, to park I it. it. I, hang, I hang out for the second one. I like the second one. The first one's great, but the second one is just like. I'm ready to go for the rest of the afternoon. I'm good. And it's like that second one is just like that shot of coffee in the afternoon or the um, shot of sh the sugar, the sugar hit that most yeah, people yeah. go to is like the second one in the afternoon just is like that no, um, no ifs or buts. The second one happens and it always feels pretty good. Yeah, you never feel worse for it. Absolutely. Um, the, mind, the Happy Mind Project, what's happening there? Yeah, well, that, that came about because we actually can't teach Vedic meditation online. Um, so it's kind of like I felt that I had this um, bucket of water standing next to a house on fire. <laughs> <You know? It's> like, <laughs> house is burning. Can't use this water. Sorry. It's, um, you know, it, it's, it's, it's the tradition and I totally respect and revere that. Um, but it was kind of like, well, shivers, I've got to be able to help somehow, right? And with all these techniques and tools that they've cultivated along the way. So we just got chatting with another good friend of mine, um, Carly McDowell, who's another Vedic teacher. And we are just like, well, why don't we um, just teach some mindfulness-based techniques online and free meditation platforms. And so we started doing it all just for free to be of service because we just knew, know right now that people are just struggling, uh, a lot of people. And they don't have the tools and some of them don't have the financial resources. So we said, let's just be purely of service. And then I brought in some friends that were breathwork specialists from um, Fletch, who's super just science-based, the full Yang version of breath. Like he is like, um, everything's sort of got to be quantified. And he works yeah. with Olympic athletes, Olympic teams, Cirque du Soleil, musicians and everything, all about the power and performance and breath and how to sleep doctor and all this sort of crazy cool stuff. And then we've got through to Wim Hof, a Wim Hof specialist. Um, and they come on and, uh, you know, obviously Wim's got his foot in both science and spirit sort of spaces and all the way through to Himalayan breath work and uh, through Chelsea. And so we've got the, 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 the Ying, beautiful Himalayan, which is incredibly powerful, Wim Hof. And then we've got Fletch with the full science performance breath. And we're all just doing free, free platforms, free, free sessions every week. And regardless of people's, you know, belief systems, they can tap into whatever. And then also with meditation. So we think, because we, we didn't want to go down the space of doing the, anything to do with the movement, because there's a lot of that great stuff out there, like what you guys are doing. Um, but we just understand that the power of the breath 
when we're mindfulness during the day, come back to breath, come back to breath and how we use our breath and performance and the tool of meditation can just really help people shift gears and come out of that, you know, sympathetic state of stress and into a more of a rest and um, rest and play sort of state, stay in play state and then be more creative and, you know, solve the problems that they're currently in. Um, so yeah, it's been really fun and we've had some really amazing people from some, you know, doing some sort of podcasts like this we've been chatting to, um, you had some musicians come and play and do stories and stuff. So it's been a really fun project. It's been, um, yeah, the pianist you had on the other night was great. Oh man, he's amazing. Yeah. Unfortunately, Zoom just, I, I tried to do what, that, that instruction, you guys, but unfortunately, it just killed the story. But I put up a post on Facebook of one of his, he recorded a song. It is, he is just, yeah, he captures for me, there's something, he, he captures meditation and music. But yeah, it's so transcendent. It's just really like, it's poetry just and it's just like yeah like one of my most favorite quotes is nevada twum and you literally do just transcend where you are when you're listening to his music it's just kind of like where am i right now i'm just like the notes literally just fill the room oh he's he's a genius and i was just so blessed that again he just yeah come come on and and then the fact the music wasn't that great the next morning he records a song for us and sends it over (laughs) it's like yeah so it's been really fun like it's been a really good way just to sort of give back you know and to help and like the other night we had you know teaching someone to meditate that was in san francisco yeah um, you know so i think that's one of the beautiful things that's really come up this time is that we've all learned um you know where we had to transcend from where we were right you know we, we couldn't stay where we were and we've come back to that state of okay let's how do we utilize these great technologies and um implement them into our life and and from that you know, we're seeing some really cool, beautiful things and beautiful gifts sort of unfolding and people really wanting to help and give back. And so, yeah, it's been a fun ride, you know, and um, yeah, who knows where it'll go. It's just a cool thing to still, we'll still keep running it um, in some way, shape, form or another. And yeah, yeah. I think it's a, it's a great way to allow people from, like you said, like overseas and stuff like that, access to who you are. And they like if they follow you on Instagram or something like that, or they're following you through socials or whatever, and then they're allowed to, that channel to start to access your wisdom. And who knows, one day they might be in Australia or you're over in San Francisco and you do your, do your Vedic stuff with them. And then you've just got like you're – and that's the thing is like what we really realized with um, even being in a city in Melbourne and um, as, as big as Melbourne is and as, as awesome as the community and stuff is here, there is still so many people in this world no, totally. that still need or, or haven't had the benefit of what is on offer mm. and doing this it's been an amazing as as much as you're not that face to face and I'm not sitting right next to you right now, but you still get that feeling. You still get that emotion through seeing someone's reaction and stuff when helping them and helping them realize then I think, yeah, yeah, especially for what we're doing, this has really helped. It's really allowed to unlock those different areas. And Mm. when Am and I, when, when this finishes, we're going to, we're going to continue and, but then also I'll be able to take what we've and go and meet those people that have that were all over the world and like I did a podcast the other day and Dan was like, Oh now you've got like a hundred different couches you can go and sleep on across the world and like it's a pretty yeah. good Yeah, but like I wouldn't go and crash on people's couches, but back in the day I probably would have. <laughs> 
would have been a standard. <laughs> yeah, no, it is, I think it's a real good gift, you know. And as it, for me, it really just comes down to I just love being, you know, I think the seeds of this are in old people, the seeds of happiness, the seeds of, you know, fulfilment and life and joy. We, I don't think we're born to suffer um, mm. and to be stressed. And that with inside of us is, again, you know, all these great teachers and what you seek is within. And so we've all got the, I think we've all got the calling in some way, shape, form or another. And for some reason, for some, it just leads us down a different path, but we're still pursuing happiness. But we just haven't figured it out yet. So I think when we, you know, all we're really doing, you know, I see Tyson, we're kind of like just, we've got the little watering jug and people have got the seed and we're just sprinkling a little bit of water on it for them to, so then they can start seeding themselves and just be so cool to be part of people's journeys to, start to yeah, enliven their nervous system because essentially it's what we're doing, you know, is enlivening yeah. that beautiful nervous system and therefore gaining access to so much. So yeah, it is, um, it's really fun. You know, who would have thought that these things would have been, you know, thankfully we're um, not back in the 1918s or something when there was other plagues when it would have been yeah. stuck reading books <laughs> in saying that I love my books. I'll pick up a book as soon as I put this down. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's all, wasn't it? Um, wasn't it Aristotle or something? I think it was Aristotle. I was reading the other day that he he discovered a bunch of his stuff while he was actually locked up inside during the plague. So yeah. a lot of a lot of smart people have discovered stuff in plague or lockdown situations. So I'm going to consider myself a smart person and con- discovering the power of Zoom. Power of Zoom, mate. That's it. And just. Uh... <laughs> Do what um, those other greats have done and use, use the brain with the creative intention and the creative purposes. And Well, mate, um, where can people, uh, obviously we've mentioned the Happy Mind Project, but where can people catch up with you, get in contact with you? Um, and, yeah, pro- yeah. Probably, uh, I'm, I'm, I, I, I do use Insta- social media. Um, uh, I think it's Rich Muir Meditation and the Happy Mind Project on, on Insta. Um, probably the two spaces. Um, or you can look up the meditation spot and that's my website that's got links to the social platforms but yeah i, I think check out the happy mind project support that that's that's a good you know it's, it's it's all just from love and from service from some pretty amazing people and um who knows where they'll unfold them but yeah we just keep planning on giving and serving you say surfing Serving, but Serving. it did sound like it did sound like surfing. I think the wind's still blowing offshore up here, and <laughs> so I try and get in the water. All right, um, yeah, we might wrap it there, mate. Thank you very much. Legend, man, that was great to chat. Thanks. Well, that brings us to the end of today's show. If you like what you heard and want to get all the info, check out the show notes. While you're there, rate and review the show. And one last thing, be sure to subscribe so you don't miss out on any of the upcoming episodes. Until next time, my friends, continue to look out for each other and continue to lift each other up.